3: NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Every day it's something new. It's why all three of us, I think, love our jobs. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of NFL Now. It is Tuesday, right? The holiday message? It, it is Tuesday, Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. Brian Baldinger, Steve White. I'm Andrew Siciliano. Thank you for watching. We not only have playoff-clinching scenarios for Week 17, we have equally as significant the elimination scenarios. Who has to win to stay in or all the math that you need to know before Week 17. Live in Denver momentarily as well, where the Broncos just had a press conference following the firing yesterday of their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. The news today, however, is out of Arizona. J.J. Watt, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, is retiring. And he did so with a photo taken on Christmas night of his beautiful family and the little boy there, Koa, who was born late in October. People saw J.J. walking off the field with tears in his eyes. After that loss to the Buccaneers Sunday, you knew something might be up. And we knew something might be up when we sat down with J.J. during Inside Training Camp live in August. J.J. Watt, uh, being a new dad, does it change your perspective on how long, soon to be a new dad, on how long you want to play? It's year twelve.
4: Um, I haven't thought a ton about that, but I definitely have thought about how excited I am that he's going to be able to see me play, uh, even if he's not going to remember it in any capacity. Um, he's going to be able to see me play this season at least, and uh, hopefully beyond. And he's to have a photo with my son in my uniform, for me, is one of the coolest things, and I'm really looking forward to that. And who knows, maybe I'll play long enough where he can remember some of my games. Well.
3: Oh, You heard it here first. <laughs> He's not going to remember the games there, but little Koa did get that photo. Kind of cool that that was the lasting moment. Uh, family on the field there on Christmas. Mike Garofolo, Tom Pelissero, James Palmer with us live here on NFL Now. Time star, uh, Tom, rather start with you. Why uh, is now the time for J.J. Watt to walk away?
5: Well, Andrew, I think you see it in that interview. You certainly saw it in his Twitter post today. This is a player in J.J. Watt who had played 12 NFL seasons. His body had been through a lot, and in his mind, it feels like it's time. You think about J.J. Watt, he was one of the most dominant players and still is one of the most dominant players, but truly during that early stretch of his career in Houston, he may have been the most unblockable player on the planet. The guy who was a five-time first-team All-Pro, three-time NFL defensive player of the year, also a Walton Peyton. Man of the Year Award winner and might have had additional accolades if not for a bunch of major injuries through the course of his career that he managed to come back from. Of course, he had the scare with his heart back in October. Did not stop him from playing in a game that following Sunday. Truly one of the most unique individuals. A guy who dwarfs even Kurt Warner sitting next to him and also a big personality and a guy who's done a lot away from the game as well.
6: James, Let's v. to piggyback off of what you're saying, yeah, Andrew. Let me just jump in here real quick. It's funny. I'm standing here at the Broncos facility, where obviously there's headlines with them firing their head coach Nathaniel Hackett. But J.J. Watt's even brought up when I was talking to people inside this building when they were watching the film of him throughout this year. Some of the guys on the offensive side of the ball were like, ah, "It doesn't really look like the same J.J. Watt." And then all of a sudden, they play against him last week, and he goes out and has three sacks, and they're like, well, "I think we kind of thought maybe this is the end when we saw him just turning it on at the end of this season." That's kind of the perception of some of the guys here. In in the building in Denver. But I covered him on a daily basis before working in NFL Network in the prime of his career when he was winning those defensive player of the year awards, winning three of them. I remember after the second one in 2014, I was sitting there in a press conference with defensive coordinator Wade Phillips, and I just said, hey, Wade, hey, what do you think of JJ's season this year? And he goes, who, JJ what? Oh, greatest season ever. I mean, I'm not joking. Greatest season ever. That's what Wade Phillips thought of that 2014 season. I believe that's the one where he had over 20 sacks, 20 batted passes, over 20 tackles for loss. I've never covered a player, Andrew, and I remember sitting in the press box that season specifically next to the general John McClain, and where a player doesn't touch the football, they're not at a skill position, yet there's moments that you believe are going to happen to where they will win the game for the team. In 2014, that happened repeatedly with batted passes or Fumble recoveries returned for touchdowns. He caught three touchdown passes that season, playing tight end. Just an unbelievable talent in that prime. Virtually unblockable and unstoppable during those seasons.
7: And virtually unblockable and unstoppable the other night against the Buccaneers in a game that really didn't mean anything toward the Arizona Cardinals and their playoff hopes, which had been diminished Uh, Already or distinguished already, excuse me. Uh, Extinguished. That's the word. Distinguished is the word that I'm using for J.J. Watt and his career and the way that he played, the way that he finished the other night. Uh, Surely he knew more than we did with regard to that being his last home game, but that was... Uh, the kind of things you saw on display for his entire career. Now, go back to before this season, too. There were a lot of new chairs to be filled in NFL broadcasting. Amazon had to fill things out. There were some open spots at some other networks. There was interest in J.J. Watt saying, if you want to hang him up now, you got a chair at our desk you can just slide into. And by the way, there will always be a chair available for a guy who is a future Hall of Famer and is as good in the media as J.J. Watt has been. So I assume that that is going to be in his near-to-long-term future uh, as far as broadcasting, and he will have networks that will welcome him. But Watt clearly wanted to come back for one more season. He had like $8.5 million uh, fully guaranteed as well, but clearly wanted to play one more season and clearly had that season left in his body. Also wanted to stay in front, at least for now,
3: of his brother T.J. on the all-time sack list, who is quickly... Catching up to his older brother, J.J. Watt, former Central Michigan tight end, thank you, gentlemen, decides to hang it up as a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, a five-time first-team All-Pro. He's a member of the All-Decade team from the 2010s. And most importantly, they're on the list. We call it the most prestigious honor this league hands out. Let's not forget his Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, and. Everything that he did there in Houston off the field. Brian Baldinger, Steve Watch Steve, you're a Hall of Fame guy. First ballot? Here? Yep. Yep.
4: I mean, how, how can, I mean, three, 2028? Yeah, I mean, three time Defensive Player of the Year. So class of 2028. Hagger, you can start cutting the fabric now for, for the gold jacket. I mean, he's, oh, look, the Pro Football Hall of Fame put it out there. They've I'd already, have to show two to they've, go. <laughs> they've already put it out there. But I mean, of course, I mean, this might be, we were talking earlier, one of the greatest draft classes at 2011. But you look at J.J. Watt. You know, you heard all the actors, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, uh, all the tackles for losses, five-time first-team All-Pro. Just just a, a dynamic player. But, you know, Tom mentioned something I think that really hit J.J. hard this year. Is, you know, he had that heart issue. He didn't miss a game, but he had to get a, a quick procedure to kind of get his, his arrhythmia in line. That, besides, you know, the wear and tear on his body, that's probably the reality check. You saw him holding his baby with that beautiful family. All the dysfunction with the Arizona Cardinals this year, he probably said, let me Go ahead and live the life I want to live now. I've done everything I can do on the football field. This is the time. He has treated us. He's one of the few defensive players you would pay money to see because mm-hmm. of his game-changing ability. He has treated us. Um, I mean, we, we can talk about him all we want, but what he's given back to this game, what he's given us as fans and viewers,
8: Baldy, you, you can't you can't. Well, straight put class. An on it straight him. class. Yes. And so, you know, you think about J.J. Watt, you think about all the accolades, but just studying him on film, you know, just watching his ability to dominate games. I mean, he was Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald. And, you know, teams would game plan him, but the way that they moved him around, the moves that he had, the ability to just affect the quarterback week in, week out. He was the most dominant player defensively in this league for four straight years in a row, and he had uh, all-decade team, all that kind of stuff, still playing at the highest level. I just like when players decide to exit with a smile on their face. Yep. He won't look back. Uh, we'll all have a chance now to really fet him properly. But really, I mean, J.J. Watt can walk away from this game knowing that he gave it every Thing
3: he had. Now, think about it. He broke his own news that he was going to Arizona. Remember all the speculation? Where's J.J. Wacong? He broke it himself. He also controlled the narrative this time around. Yeah, good for broke him. Broke it with good the photo him. this morning. And there were people that saw him walking off the field Sunday night, Christmas night, with tears in his eyes. And there was some speculation. Well, maybe he knows things are going to be a lot different next year in Arizona. His contract is up. Right. This might be his last game there. No, it's his last game Period. What a career for Mm. J.J. Watton. As Steve mentioned, 2028. Book it now for Canton, Ohio. You saw James in Denver. It's not the only news. Here's the Broncos news I mentioned earlier. A day after Nathaniel Hackett was fired. A day after Jerry Rosberg was named the interim head coach. We heard earlier today from Broncos CEO and owner Greg Penner and the GM George Payton.
6: Uh, the main message I said uh, as from the beginning is, uh, I'm sorry to the fans. I, I, you know I think the frustration obviously of a number of losing seasons is high, but I think this season it's even higher because of the expectations that we had going in. Uh, we felt like we had a lot of pieces in place to have a very successful season. I know the players in this in this building are uh, we've got good players, and uh, we didn't put the pieces together. and um, our fans have been, Patient. I think we've got the best fans in the world, but, uh, but we need to put a better
5: product on the field. Russ even said he didn't play up to his standard. But um, you know, the first half of the Chargers game, the, the first half of the Raiders game. You know, he finished strong. So you can go through the season that you do see uh, flashes, and he'll be the first one to tell you he didn't play up to his standard. Didn't play up to our standard. He needs to be better. Uh, I don't think we made a coaching move based on Russ. You know, that wasn't what it's all about. That's, why, that's not why we're getting a new coach to turn around Russ. It's about the entire um, organization. It's about the entire football team. It's just not one player. Uh, it's not whether Russ is fixable or not. Uh, we do believe
7: he is. We do.
3: You would hope, James Palmer, you were there for that price tag that, yes, he is fixable. Obviously, that hangs and looms large here over this coaching search. What else did you take away from the presser?
6: Andrew, the biggest takeaway is we got to see CEO and owner Greg Penner operating in that role for the very first time. And we got to see kind of his makeup in that role a little bit and and talking to people in the building after the press conference. It was this. He means business. And I think we saw that in the press conference. If you watch it in its entirety, he mentioned at points one specifically where he was talking about their issues with injuries and how that's been a thing here for several years that he's an impatient man that that is an aspect of his personality. And we saw maybe a little bit of that with how they did go and move on from Nathaniel Hackett after that game on Sunday, to which he called an embarrassment, General Manager George Payton also called it embarrassing. Now, they went into that week, and Penner said this, that they were not planning on moving on from Nathaniel Hackett. But after what transpired on the field, one of the worst losses in franchise history, but more importantly, Penner said, what happened off the field in terms of the altercations among teammates with Randy Gregory hitting opposing player and what happened after the game, all of those things are why Penner said they moved on from Nathaniel Hackett. Now, you heard George Payton say they didn't move on from Hackett because of Russell Wilson, in that aspect, that it's an entirety of the organization – George Payton said, Andrew, that they do not have an identity as an offense. That needs to be corrected. No identity as a special teams. That needs to be corrected. This next coaching search will be led by Greg Penner, his wife, Carrie Walton Penner, his father-in-law, Rob Walton. Also, he mentioned Condoleezza Rice will be a part of the process. He specifically stated her, Andrew, because of the history she has with being part of searches at Stanford as one of the more recent ones. And also, he did mention – That Ajero Evro, the defensive coordinator who's coached very well in his first year as a defensive coordinator, will have an opportunity to interview for the head coaching position here in Denver. If he so
3: chooses to interview for that head coaching opportunity here. Obviously, the uh, interim thing was up in the air as well. Thank you, James Palmer. They're live in Denver. The word that I heard repeatedly from Greg Penner was accountability. George Payton said accountability as well. The offensive numbers, the sacks allowed, look, it was ugly. Uh, both men today pointed out special teams. Both men wanted to praise the defense. At one point, Payton said, look, my 14 year olds can look at the defense guys and say the defense is playing well, the offense, the special teams, the entire operation. Not so much so where do you go because if you interview for this job right you're gonna have to say that i can fix russell wilson or baldy we are talking about this off the air do you go in there and go no lost cause you know what do whatever you can do to get out of that contract now next year whatever but i'm telling you right now i don't think it's fixable we've heard sean payton's name yeah. throw it out there other big name coaches where do you go with this
8: Well, I can't remember a time when a team had such a disparity between how good the defense was and how bad the offense was until Sunday when it all collapsed. And so then you got to clean it all out. You fire the coach. I think he's the fall guy here. Russell Wilson was awful this year from really the very beginning. So there's a lot at play right here. But I think the reason why you get rid of uh, Nathaniel right now is you get a head coaching search, get it started now, start getting the list of names and start recruiting, but uh, Russell Wilson needs a lot done right here. Maybe, you know, an offensive line, a running game, all those things can help him, but, you know, just basic reads right now. He wasn't functioning really basic well. Basic reads. Basic reads that he couldn't perform last week and has struggled with throughout the season. So is that the offense and what Nathaniel Hacker was asking him to do? Was that Russell? Because it's been going on all year long.
3: Steve, look at this contract here. Yep. And again, they're for fans with it, that say just get out of the contract. You can't. It's $107 million on the dead cap next year. Now, you could go post-June, post-June 1, and spread it out. But then you're 61 on the cap next year, 46 on the cap in twenty four. The moral of this story here is you have at least one more year. Correct. If they were to get rid of him, you see what happened to the Atlanta Falcons this year when they had a
4: 60 plus million yeah. in dead money. That's your team next year. You just went through that this year. So you don't want that. You are stuck with Russell Wilson. To your point, I have never in any sport I've covered ever heard a coach say he can't fix anybody. That is a standard line every coach thinks he's Fengali and can fix somebody. So whoever comes in, they're going to say they can fix Russell Wilson, but what I took out of this press conference today was that they want their head coach to be the CEO You need to put your arms around every aspect of the on-field prospect which leads me to believe they're going to go after experienced candidates Okay, so Sean Payton, you're absolutely going to hear that name. But does Sean Payton want to go there because can he fix Russell? Remember, when Russell said he could be traded from Seattle, the Saints, when Sean Payton was coaching them, was one of the four teams he listed on his short list. Also, another name to stay really tuned into. He's not an offensive guy, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was a finalist for the Broncos job last year. Tight relationship with Russell Wilson. He brings in the right O.C. Mm-hmm. That is another name. I also hope Leslie Frazier is somebody who could put
3: his arms around this Absolutely. organization and gets consideration for a lot of openings because he has earned that opportunity. Dan Quinn, remember, obviously, was with Russell yes. in Seattle, the yep. defensive coordinator he f- before Quinn. He, was, he, was, he was close last year, too, to getting this Broncos job. Exactly. Um, the idea, I mean, just think of where we've come since March. March, they make the trade. Later in the summer, they give him the contract. And then here we are between Christmas and New Year's with George Payton saying, we believe Russell Wilson is fixable. Which means he also believes broken. Which he means broke. he also believes,
8: exactly, yeah. it's not fixable unless he's broken. Yep. That's a big statement from your general manager.
3: It is going to be interesting. Coming up next, what's going on in Miami? The latest on Tua of now in concussion protocol with Teddy Bridgewater waiting in the wings.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
1: Offer valid of on select AK system that's through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: You're watching NFL Now, NFL Network, and in Miami where the Dolphins are fighting for a playoff spot. They've lost four in a row to Atungavailoa's status for this weekend's game and Foxborough is very much up in the air. He is officially now in the concussion protocol after the Christmas loss.
10: No one, um recognized anything uh with with regard to any sort of um hit i can't really tell you exactly when it was i'm not totally positive on that um but it was it was something that um you know he he met with the doctors uh um today and discussed um some uh symptoms and they uh from from that uh, as you guys know from there on that's uh, between two and the doctors, and
3: um, we'll, we'll move forward as information is uh, projected towards us. All right, that's Mike McDaniel yesterday. Cam Wolf was there for that live with us now in Miami. Tom Pellicero as well. Cam, what's the latest?
11: Yeah, Andrew, I spoke with members of the Dolphins organization over the last 36 hours, including players, and most of them said what Mike McDaniel said. They didn't know at all on Sunday that Tua had any symptoms, and they didn't learn of this concussion protocol deal definitively until most of us did Monday afternoon. As McDaniel mentioned, Tua uh, reported to doctors that he was feeling symptoms, but up until then on Sunday, there was not really a conversation about the concussion protocol as well. And of course, there will be a lot of questions about how this happened. But if I can take you into the locker room, I was there on Sunday. I was there in post game, and Tua was sitting at his locker for about several minutes. And in contemplation of this loss, he threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter. And several members of the team came up to give him some encouragement. Dan Marino, Jalen Waddle among them. And I had an interaction with Tua as he was headed to his post game press conference, where I just asked him, how are you feeling? He said, I'm good, man. Merry Christmas. And I said, Merry Christmas back. And so, you know, as we know, concussions can have later onset symptoms. But right now, the focus is on Tua's health. They are prepping this week as if Teddy Bridgewater will be the starter. And right now, Tua's health is the number one priority for Tua, his team, and the Dolphins.
5: Cameron, my understanding is it is considered unlikely that Tua Tungavailoa is going to be available for that game against the Patriots. He is in the concussion protocol, which involves a series of steps different tep- tests, escalated exercise through the course of the week, and then ultimately clearance from an independent neurologist. But based upon to his history, certainly this is a, lo- a little bit more of a complicated type of a process here. Of course, he had the concussion back in week four in Cincinnati, was carted off the field, missed several games after that, had a previous incident a few days before that, in which led to ultimately uh, changes to the NFL, NFL, P.A., concussion protocols. Certainly, as you said, there's going to be a focus here on to his health moving forward. The last time around, he sought additional opinions from concussion experts around the country. I would fully anticipate that they do that as well. When exactly he gets back onto the field, that is going to depend on medical advice, not the football considerations here. And
3: obviously the medical advice here to the human being, as people have said, by far the most important thing. Camp, the Dolphins are fighting for the playoffs because of that loss now. They could get in this week with a victory and then a Jets loss in Seattle later in the afternoon. It's Teddy Bridgewater this week, maybe Teddy Bridgewater next week, right? Don't want to speculate here, but if you're going to take your time with Tua, this is Teddy Bridgewater, South Florida kid. Get your team into the playoffs.
11: Yeah, Andrew the team players and coaches have been prepping for Teddy Bridgewater to start this week Mike McDaniel mentioned that he will get most of the starter reps and for Tua as Tom mentioned the two words I've heard is caution and thorough and so they will not rush him back on the field and so everybody's thinking about a timeline that should not be the focus right now it's getting Tua fully healthy so McDaniel mentioned this is why we went out and got aggressive in signing a Teddy Bridgewater you mentioned it the playoffs are really much in the discussion here the Dolphins have a one game wild card lead, but they're playing the Patriots and the Jets, two teams that are vying for those spots over the next two weeks. And so while Tua focuses on his health, he has a baby boy, he has a wife, that's the priority there. The Dolphins will be trying to overcome this adversity in a four-game losing streak with Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback. The
3: Dolphins do not have an elimination scenario this week, but they need this win to avoid going to week 18 on a five-game losing streak.
1: Oh yes! Touchdown! All precincts
9: finally reported. Demarcus Robinson makes the catch, and the red zone drought is over. Josh into the end zone, easy! Touchdown, Buffalo! Buffalo. The ball is out. That should be golden nails. Bam! Oh, what a leaping catch! Michael Gallup! Touchdown, Cowboys! Saints defense answer the call. Merry Christmas. Cue up sweet, Caroline, the Panthers are going to Tampa and play for first place in the NFC South. Buccaneers beat Arizona in OT.
6: He cannot be stopped, he's in again! 50 plus in your stockings
7: at SoFi Stadium.
9: Intercepted, there is your dagger! Joseph from 61-1!
3: What a weekend it was. Just a crazy weekend. Christmas Eve and then Christmas. Last night, not so crazy, but whatever. (laughs) The new power rankings, according to Dan Hanzus, looky, 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 looky. Gardner Minshew and the Eagles dropped to two and Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. Dan Hanzus, your new number one. They
10: are. The Niners are a fully formed death machine crushing a- everything in their way right now. <laughs> Merry
3: Christmas. Merry a- Christmas a and a happy new year. A fully formed death machine.
10: <laughs> yes. Okay, God.
3: so they're number one because of the number one defense. Is it is in essence kind of sort of what it's you're a, saying? It's a
10: bunch of things that have come together here for the Niners. Obviously, the defense led by Nick Bosa is dominant. D'Amico Ryan's got them coached up. They're playing out of their minds. We know what's going on with Brock Purdy, who stepped in and done exactly best-case scenario what they could have hoped for. Uh, from a rookie seventh round pick. So the offense has stayed afloat with, oh, by the way, Debo Debo Samuel out of the lineup. And the reason they jump ahead of the Eagles, it's simple. It's just this team is playing uh, at a top level on both sides of the ball while the Eagles now are going through a little bit of stuff with Jalen Hurts out of the lineup one week. They lose to the Cowboys. Lane Johnson's injury is huge. We're going to see what that means. For their running game and their passing game, so
3: Niners jump a spot. I still love the Eagles, but this is where it is. Okay, I know on the podcast for those who don't listen to the Around the NFL podcast. Shame you should, on you, uh, Mark Sessler, big Star Wars guy, and then you always sound confused. So, so you say what is a fully formed uh, death machine? Okay. I called it. So Sessler would then say this battle. I'm sorry, this uh, battleship is fully operational. Right, right. But I that? don't get it. I don't get the is reference. Fully operational? I,
10: Once you miss the Star Wars boat, you're confused in pop culture for the rest of your life, and that's what's
3: happened to me. Saddened by your childhood. Uh, The Jaguars, Dan, are up to and into the top ten. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a top ten team.
10: That's the first time I've been doing this for four years now, Andrew, and it's the first time the Jags are in the top ten. This is coming a week after the Lions got in the top ten for the first time. And what we saw against the Jets, I thought, just more of the same of a team kind of on the rise. I know they only scored 19, but that offense, again, looked very good. Uh, They... The Jets uh, were vulnerable on short stuff over the middle, and they kind of picked them apart that way. Travis Etienne moved the ball well, and the defense obviously gave up a, a field goal on a short field after an early turnover. So this team has got to be feeling itself, and I know things are a little funky with the Titans uh, in this week 16, but I just love the Jaguars winning this division and making
3: noise in the playoffs. Regardless yeah. of what happens, to your point here, with the Jaguars or the Titans, for that matter, week 17, week 18, the rematch, Jaguars beat the Titans a couple of weeks ago will determine who wins the AFC South in all likelihood there gets the actually no will get the four seed
10: and that is a sub 500 team in the top 10 of the power rankings and that just speaks to the madness of this season Andrew it's been a a strange year in
3: the NFL but I'm embracing the absurdity of it all and I think you should too I I always do Uh, embracing the absurdity of the the sub 500 potentially Jaguars hosting a playoff game against the five seed in the AFC. In the NFC, the Packers are trying to get in as the seven seed here. You have them up five now to 12.
10: Yes, and the Packers, obviously a team in the power ranks at the beginning of the year. I believe I had them in the top five. I saw them as a team that could make a Super Bowl run. I think most people saw them that way. And then the defense, I know there's been issues all over the field for the Packers this year, but notice how they've slowly figured things out. The running game's gotten better. Christian Watson has changed that offense. Aaron Rodgers is healthy and playing better now. And now the defense, what they were able to do uh, with the three interceptions of Tua in the last three possessions, that just shows you that they're finding their way a little bit, uh, and you put it all together in a wide-open NFC in that back into the wild card race, they feel like a team that... Deserves a spot in the dance. Get Aaron
3: Rodgers in the playoffs. I think that would be fun. I think everybody would like to see that. Certainly makes for better television here. We don't often look at the bottom of the power rankings, but this stood out to me. The Texans, fresh off their second win of the year, they still hold right now the number one overall pick for next season, are not number 32. You have them up to 27. Yes. Why? It's the holidays. Okay. So it's a gift. In Texas. some ways,
10: it's a reward more than a gift because, yes, they Hands finally— Hanson's claws. Yeah, exactly. They got the win uh, this past weekend, which was great, against the division rival. But they've been playing well in recent weeks and, and hanging tough and lost some tough games down the stretch. And I just think it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of change coming for Houston. I think you know fans want them to kind of hold right where they are and get that number one overall pick. Does Lovey Smith get another shot at this? I think they've had now eight games— where they went into the fourth quarter either tied or ahead. They have fought all season with limited talent. It's time to start building that roster back
3: up. But, yeah, we give them a little pop because they're playing well at the end of a long season. Okay, so they're not 32. If you're wondering at home who has or who does Dan have at 32 – That would be the we believe our quarterback is fixable Denver Broncos. Yeah, and that's you know
10: I I guess I could take an L because I had them at eight to start the season and here they are. But that's the way everyone had them. Yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes. I think show yourself some grace at the holidays, Dan. Give myself a gift. Yes, I like that. Uh, Yeah, that was obviously a a place after 51 uh, to 14 at SoFi, uh, the way things went, the coach gets dismissed, and it's just like this is the low point. You can't go lower, and I thought 32 was appropriate for them. I I
3: hope that's a great fan base, and I hope they get some things figured out in this offseason. Absolutely, and uh, the word embarrassing was thrown around by Hackett on the podium immediately after the game and then by both Peyton and Greg Penner earlier today. Woof. uh, As they say, and again to quote George Peyton, that Russell Wilson is fixable. The idea that that even had to be said out loud at a press conference at the end of this season, considering all the hype we put into leading into the start of the season, is just wacky. That means he's broken. You can't say someone's fixable unless you think, correct, that he's broken. The power rankings are never broken. They are always right, guaranteed. 32 for 32. Slash power rankings.